You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. It is Monday, September 24th. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam from 97.1 The Fan. It is a... Well, nice, but it's rainy out. These are my type of days. It's a crappy day outside, but it's a great day. Well, for you, oh, it's the best. You're you're on cloud like 81 right now. Nine nine times nine? Yeah, that's 81, right? Yeah, I can still do basic math. But that's where you're at. You're on cloud 81 right now, and I I don't want to explain it. I want you to explain to the people why why you're so excited. I share part of your excitement, but not the whole 100% of it. Beam, let the people know why you are just smiling from ear to ear all day today. Well, I've always said that it always it comes down for me as my favorite team or athlete, and both of them were in action yesterday, and you had obviously had the Bears taking on the Cardinals. You got to win there. It was fantastic, but you know that's about 20% of why today is the best day, one of the best days of my life, is because the Bears beat the Cardinals. They're on top of the division. The Packers and the Vikings both lost yesterday, which is great for me. And then you had the GOAT come back, Unreal. lap the field Unreal. at the Tour Championship. Tiger Woods win number 80, Maddie. The dude is back. I always said it was would be one of the best days of my life if he were to ever come back and win. He had that period yep. of five years where he did not win a single tour event, which is crazy to think about how Tiger Woods couldn't win. Uh, you know, he had the back issues. He had uh, leg issues, everything. Uh, everything was going against him. You remember the arrest, the DUI, everything that, that came uh, with Tiger Woods' struggles for the past five years, and he finally got back uh, to the winner's circle yesterday. He won the Tour Championship, almost won the FedEx Cup, uh, but it's a absolutely amazing, man. Tiger Woods coming back for win number 80. He's two away from Sam Snead's all-time record. Yeah, uh, He's three wins away from breaking that record. Uh, just it, it was amazing, man. I know that you know you probably flipped over to it and saw of, just the the, horse. Hor- the hordes of people on eighteen. We were there, you and I, live in the flesh. Yeah. We experienced this at the Memorial Tournament it's this madness. year. It is absolute madness, and it's night and day when you talk about Tigers crowd oh, it's versus the tiger any effect, other crowd. Man. I, mean, I mean, you and I, we were following he and Patrick Reed around, right? And then, or was Patrick Reed in the group? No, Patrick Reed was in the group with Tiger, right? Oh, I think Patrick Reed was ahead of him because I he think was, that, that's what it was. And we were yeah. comparing the crowd, and it's just unbelievable what Tiger does. Yeah, Masters like, champ, Patrick Reed. Right. You and know, then, big player. But a legend. It's Tiger oh, Woods. It's, it's just, Tiger Woods. So yesterday I did turn over because I had to watch the finish of this thing. It was absolutely incredible, man. I just had chills. Watching him knock, tap in that putt to solidify it was just, it was special, right? Because he is probably. My third favorite athlete of all time, easily. He's in my top three. I mean, this is a guy that I grew up watching with my family on Sundays. We leave church, we go to lunch, whatever it is. You fly home and you watch Tiger in the red polo, see what he's going to do. I mean, that's just, it was a thing. Well, and he now, was always in contention on Sundays. Always. And now you, uh, you're you getting back to a point now uh, where he finished second in the FedEx Cup, which is a, a an event that lasts the entire PGA Tour season. Finished second in that, which makes him the second best golfer um, on tour all season, which was absolutely amazing, man. But just to see the Sunday Red uh, back in action and yeah. to, to get another victory. And the thing was that's crazy is that, you know, people talk about all the time that, you know, how does Tiger's game 
how is Tiger's game affected by the crowds? Because it is. It's absolute lunacy, man. And people say, you know, a lot of the times that may, it may distract him, but I think he feeds off of it. He yeah. absolutely feeds off of it because you enter Rory McIlroy, you plop him down, a four-time major winner. You plop him down in that group, and the dude shoots like an 85. Like he just yeah, exactly. He's all over the place. He's yeah. left, he's right. The nerves, I can't imagine stepping into his arena, what that was like. And people say all the time, young golfers, you know, a Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, these guys talk all the time about – yeah, I'd like to face Tiger, you know, when he's back in his prime. I'd like to go mano y mano on a Sunday with him. No, you don't. No. You don't want any piece of that heat, my friends, because <laughs> you are asking for something bad to happen. Rory experienced it yesterday, but congratulations to the GOAT on getting win number 80. Incredible. But, but now, Maddie, let's talk about some Buckeyes. Yeah, because look, the Buckeyes, they did play a game. I don't know if you want to call that a game. What we watched yeah. um, against Tulane on Saturday at the shoe, number four, Ohio State. Took down the Tulane Greenway 49-6 to and beam. I didn't see anything. We'll talk uh, We'll talk defense in the second block here, but offensively it was just another game of just absolute just madness from Dwayne Hassan. You're talking about 21 of 24, 304, five TDs and a half. Uh, we didn't see him at all in the second half, as you shouldn't. And I was just really impressed, again, with what he was able to do. You just talk about spreading the ball all over and just with precision and just accuracy, just that pass deep on to Paris Campbell. The touchdown that he threw to Paris Campbell in the left corner of the end zone there was just absolutely special beam in the north end of the stadium there. So, no, I, I just another game to where he solidified who we thought he was. And now we're into Penn State week, and this offense just needs to continue to stay sharp throughout the week in practice. Uh, but just Dwayne Haskins beam, just as expected. The yep. guy was just absolutely phenomenal. He's filthy, and he can spin the rock like anybody in college football right now. And it's just really special to watch every Saturday. Yeah, 21 to 24 for Dwayne Haskins, 304 yards and five, count them, five touchdowns. Um, you know, you extrapolate that for a game average, and then you get 608 yards, 10 touchdowns. And that's, you know, we look at Dwayne Haskins, Matt. Uh, we saw exactly what he could do against TCU, against a good defense, which they kind of blew it this past Saturday. They mm. lost to Texas, didn't Boy. hold up their end of the not bargain. Not what you wanted as Buckeye fan. No, not what you wanted at all. But, hey, man, you go out, you control your destiny, you win the games that are put in front of you, and that's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, but you look at Dwayne Haskins. Uh, it, it's It's been the same story for four straight weeks, man. He goes out there. Uh, he's absolutely uh, just mental. He is unbelievable. He puts the ball where, they, where you need a quarterback to put it, and he gets pulled you know, start of the second half. And it's just amazing to it me is. that this dude has played, you know, he's played 10 quarters of football and he's putting up the numbers that he that he is. He played the first half against Oregon State, first half against Rutgers, played the whole game against TCU. And now uh, you play a quarter, two quarters against Tulane. Um, but to be able to put up these kind of numbers and dominate as an offense the way that they do yeah. when he's in the ball game, it's so noticeable because we saw in the second half of that game when they dropped in Tate Martell, which is fine. That's when you want to see Tate Martell, Thank okay? Thank you. You want to see Tate when the game is a blowout. Well. Get him reps. That's fine. I understand that. But when Tate Martell came in, you saw – an Urban Meyer offense. That's what you Back saw. You, you saw uh, you saw read options. Yep. You saw quarterback runs. You, you saw, saw a lot of east and west stuff instead of north and south. And that was always my beef with the JT Barrett type of offense sure. is that vertically there wasn't that threat. And now you've got Dwayne being 16 TDs to one interception That's right gross, now. Man. 75% completion percentage right now. And look, we know three of the four opponents that you've played are not very good teams. I understand that. 
But we've also seen some college teams mess around with teams of this caliber and not look Oklahoma this weekend. Exactly. So the fact that you came out, you take care of business is just really impressive. And the thing that just watching Dwayne is that he is not bothered by anything. And look, he doesn't have anything, hasn't had to worry about anything right now. But being just the the look on his face, just going out there, it's another day at the office. Nobody can touch me. I know I'm that good. He is not phased at all. And we're going to find out about that aspect of his his game this week, right? When you're talking about going into that environment, we'll find out. This is what we've had circled. Exactly, how poised he is. But I feel good about that category when it comes to Dwayne Haskins because of what he did last year at Michigan. I mean, that is a hostile environment. You come back in, you have to win the game. You have to win the game for the Buckeyes. Not exactly. Not maintain a lead. You have to win the game. So this cat has been absolutely ridiculous. Here's Urban Meyer on Dwayne Haskins' arm talent. I had Alex Smith at Utah, and he was, uh, you know, obviously when Cardell got hot. uh, It's so early, though. I hate to put him in those, you know, game five coming up. um, And... This one's a big one coming up, so I, I'm very pleased with his performance. I remember when I watched him throw at one of his workouts, either right before we signed him or right after we signed him, and it was you could see that uh, he had that part of the game. But that's just a, you know that's just a part of it. You know he's getting a command of everything, and it, the players just responding to him. So playing very well. All sound we play here from uh, the anything Buckeye sound you hear credit uh, ninety seven point one the fan your home station for Buckeye football. Right. But just getting um, to that clip there, he he mentioned Alex Smith. He mentioned Cardo Jones. And look, Cardell was an absolute beast in the run that we saw him here in Ohio State. Best three game run in college football history. Incredible, we'll see. right? Yeah. So that we know about his arm talent. Then you bring up Alex Smith, and we've watched Alex Smith for more than a handful of years now in the NFL. I don't even think it's close when you talk about Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins when it comes to arm talent and where Dwayne Haskins will be when he really grows into his grown man body four or five years from now. So I just think that he can make all of the throws, Beam, and that's the most important thing to me. I saw a throw this week. I can't remember. Maybe it was KJ, one of the receivers. It was a crossing route. It was a little too hot of a pass. But I haven't seen a ton of those this year. I mean, I mentioned it last week. He can throw the fastball, curveball, and the changeup. He can throw every single pitch in the arsenal that you want from your quarterback. This guy's 6'3", 220, can Mm -hmm. throw it from end zone to end zone with ease. We are going to continue to talk about this because – I think what we're witnessing here is something really, really special. And you're talking about eight games from now, being nine games from now, maybe ten, hopefully. That could be it. That's going to be it, right? Because this guy, no I really yeah. believe, should take his talents to the NFL because of how special this kid is. And if he does this against Penn State, it's going to solidify to me that this is no doubt the best quarterback in the country. I understand what Tua is doing at Alabama is special, but when you're talking about this guy being able to stand tall in the pocket and pick guys apart and make any throw on the football field, being you just can't find, you don't find guys like this a lot. So you got to take advantage of it for your Ohio State. Continue to drop these game plans where you're stretching the field vertically because these receivers are playing out of their mind and you got the quarterback to do so every week. So continue to do it. You just have to cherish your moment uh, with Dwayne Haskins with number seven out there because it's going to be gone in the blink of an eye. And you know what you said going back to this kid, he just Matty, he he just has it. You know, he he's just got he, he's factor. got he's got everything you could possibly want. And when you hear Urban Meyer talk about the arm strength is there, listen, that's number one A on any sort of quarterback rating scale is that do you have the arm to make the throws all over the, all over the field? Right. And listen, Dwayne Haskins is still a young kid. Uh, when he gets his shot in the league, I'm sure he's going to be fantastic. But, you know, sticking here at Ohio State right now, you know he's got the arm strength. He's got the ability to put the ball wherever he wants it. That's huge. But the fact that now he's commanding this offense and when he's out there 
it seems like it's just an unstoppable force right. that he's controlling. And I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, when you have a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins, uh, who has so much potential and he has so much talent, uh, everything else is made easy. You know, you've got Terry McLaurin on the outside, KJ Hill, Johnny Dixon. We saw a Ben Victor touchdown for the first time Big. this year. Austin Mack, you know, these guys who are just literally just doing their job and you're doing your job and getting in the spots that you need to, Dwayne's going to find you. And that's something that we haven't seen at Ohio State in a long, long time. I can't remember uh, one pass, you know, this year where I'm like, oh, man, that was a horrible decision. Mm -hmm. That was a – it was a terrible ball. You shouldn't have thrown that to that area every single time. And I know I keep going back to this, but it's just unbelievable that we're here going into week five and there's only, like – one throw that I can remember being bad, and that was the interception against Oregon State. And that was a, the one. And a lineman got pushed into his lap exactly. on that play. So this wasn't where he just standing in the pocket, makes an ill-advised pass or just a bad decision. This was something kind of out of his hand. So, no, I mean, the big thing is always going to be how accurate are you. I don't care if you can throw it a 1,000 yards like Josh right. who, Allen, who Jamarcus Russell. I don't care about that. Yeah. But if you've got the big arm and the accuracy on top of it, that's Dwayne Haskins, and that and that's where you get a 75% completion percentage right now. Here is uh, De- Urban, excuse me, on Dwayne opening up the offense with his arm. Well, today we were challenged. You know, it was a lot of single coverage all over the place. And the, the touchdown to Paris Campbell was left shoulder. What a beautiful throw and catch, and I'm proud of Paris. That was a catch. He struggled with that over the years, and he's really worked so hard at it. But it is when it's uh, you as a defensive coach, you know, uh, when you're a dual threat quarterback that presents problems. Uh, if you don't have a dual threat quarterback, you better be extremely accurate to make that be legitimate. Or you're, you're gonna, it's going to be hard to run the ball because we'll just load the box on you. And that's exactly what Ohio State has right now. They've got an extremely accurate quarterback. And I love that Urban did address kind of the Paris Campbell dropsies because we did see that early in his career, even yep. up to last year. That was a problem Gone now. to finally get over. Even for yep. him, that mental hurdle. Sure, absolutely. You saw that Austin ball. Mack go through it of course. In the TCU And game. he bounced back with a beautiful back shoulder yep. touchdown this week. But the Paris Campbell thing, I think, is big. You know, I got a soft spot for Paris Campbell just because of when you get the ball in his hands, I think he's the most dynamic playmaker yep. Ohio State has. He is that special. Paris Campbell was named one of the players of the game against Tulane. Before we take a break here and talk about the defensive side of the ball and let you know about our folks from my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have always been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code on college25. That's on college25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. We will be right back in a second and talk about the defense. This is Locked On Buckeyes. Your team every day. So the thing that I was monitoring was, and I think you were on the same page, Beam, was the pass rush yep. and how, how that would look. Yep. And I was pretty impressed with what I saw, right? You talk about Jay Sean Cornell and Chase Young and Draymond Dave on, Jones. Davon Hamilton. Davon Hamilton. There too, yeah. Our guy, B.B. Landers, mm-hmm. did not play in this game. He's Fine. Little, Hold him out. Exactly. He's hold nicked up. You're going to need him mm-hmm. this week to get pressure in Chase McSorley's face. So I was fine with that. Defensively, up front, I didn't see a ton of issues. I still. I know. Do not feel confident in the back end right now. And I think that is going to be a major, major issue beam this week because we know how Penn State gets down offensively. We've seen it for the last couple of years. 
McSorley is going to trust his playmakers. There's going to be a lot As of the RPO, yeah. play action, and you can't bite because they're going to want to throw the ball over your head. So as we sit here today on Monday the 24th, Beam, I don't feel great about this Ohio State defense still not giving up big plays because we saw a little bit of that again against Tulane on Saturday. I just, you know, when when you look at this defense and we talk so much about Nick Bosa being out, and listen, I thought Chase Young did a great job stepping in there. He was getting double teamed all day. Uh, you sit BB Landers, which is fine. You know, my three things heading into the weekend was don't get hurt, win the game, and don't get hurt. And if they saw anything in Bob Landers uh, that they – any sort of you know being nicked up or maybe there was a chance for re-injury if he goes out there and strains something, then you could possibly be without him. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic idea for Ohio State just to sit him. You knew that you were going to be the better team. Let your young guys get in there, a Tyler Friday, a Tommy Togiai, who I thought had a pretty good game. Um, but you know when you look at the back end, Matty, uh, they're still trying to figure out that opposite position of – Jordan Fuller on the safety end, and whether that be Jocelyn Went, whether that be Isaiah Pryor, uh, I thought Pryor, when he was put into the game, had a pretty good game. Uh, I thought that when you you looked at Pryor, uh, there was one play that stuck out in my mind, and that was the the play that he just blew up the quarterback on a beautiful little read option. Yeah. Uh, he comes flying down from the safety spot, puts a nice hit on the court, quarterback. Rocked his world. Yeah. yeah, absolutely rocked his world. But I, I'm with you, man. It's just... You know, there were a few times where in the game, even against Tulane, uh, where it leaves you scratching your head, and you're like, Damon Arnett, make a play, man. You gotta, you gotta get to the ball. Yeah. Um, and I just think that if you continue to play the way that you play, uh, the way that you played on Saturday, the way that you played against TCU, uh, this offense in Penn State, you know, you saw it against a young Illinois secondary on Thursday night. You know, they battled in the game for three quarters, man. But this offense for Penn State with McSorley at the helms of it and leading the charge, they've got horsepower. They've got all the firepower in the world. I was skeptical of them coming into the season without their three best players from last year. Uh, But it seems to be that they figured something out. They scored 35 straight in the fourth quarter. They dusted Illinois. They even covered the spread. You know, that was just – it's something that you don't see every day in offense as talented as Penn State. Now, on the other hand, uh, I think you are seeing – a linebacking core that's getting a little bit better yep. uh, by each week. I think that you come into the season with a lot of uh, questions to be asked about the linebacker position. Uh, Baron Browning had a pretty good game out there. I mean, this yeah. dude's six foot six, six foot seven, two forty five as a linebacker. That's crazy. Uh, I thought uh, Malik Harrison. Again, I thought he is now stepping up. I thought I thought uh, Dante Booker was popping a little bit I did for too. me, right? Yeah. Off your off your screen a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. He, but no, I think that's a great point that you bring up because I thought the linebackers did play really well. That's not the the front seven is not my concern. Me either. It's what's happening behind the linebackers in the middle of the field that I don't feel great about. You're talking about Ohio State right now. Just looked at subbeam, 52nd in the country in total pass defense. So you're you're in the middle Lock of the pack, up, man. Yep. You're in the middle of the pack of pass defense right now. Uh, Penn State's coming in in 40th. So you're talking about two defenses right now that can be had kind of on the back end Mm -hmm. as far as giving up big plays. And I know for a fact that Ohio State's going to take advantage of that with the way that they've been running things offensively. It's just defensively. Exactly. What are these safety? Maybe a shootout. It may be a shootout, and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. Because when you're talking about a game in a shootout, usually the home team probably will have the advantage in that because – defensively, they're not going to have to deal with a ton of crowd noise the way offensively the Buckeyes sure. are going to deal with this week. It's going to be numbing to your ears if you're a Buckeye. For Dwayne Haskins, this offense, there had oh, to be a lot. You're not going to be able to hear squat. Silent counts, 
all of that stuff really matters. But just getting back to the defense, you're so right about the spot opposite Jordan Fuller. It's an up and down thing, and maybe they figured that thing out eventually. Sure. Maybe they needed a week, a couple weeks to get that thing going. It's just we know what's going to happen with Trace McSorley in the way that they do things. And right now you've got an Ohio State defense that's in the middle of the pack in the entire country as far as total pass defense. That is going to be something that they really, really need to focus on. Here's Jayshon Cornell on the next man next man up mentality of this defense has. That's our motto with Coach, Coach Johnson is next man up. Once one man goes down, I mean, two men two got to step up. And with BB and Nick down, that's when we had the opportunity for RC young guys and some other guys to step up and do what they have to do. And those guys did that, right? And they, and they you should course, do that. but it's also Tulane. Exactly. So, so not a big enough sample size Right. Here. So we need to see what this is going to look like. I think you get BB Landers back this week. You rest him out, uh, rest him against Tulane. Not a game that you necessarily need him for. But these guys up front beam need to help out the back end guys this week with their pass rush. They have to get home fairly quickly because they know that it's an issue, right? This defensive guys know that it's an issue. So if the defensive front can get home to McSorley early, eliminate some of those plays where he can sit back in the pocket and allow those receivers and tight ends to get behind guys or if he's just scrambling a lot, it's just so hard to cover being for more than four seconds. It's almost impossible no matter what level of football that you play. So if those guys are going to have to cover for seven to nine seconds, it's going to be a long day for the secondary on su- on Saturday. Excuse me. So they have to find a way to clamp this down big plays eliminating that to me is going to be the theme because coming out of Tulane we saw this start with Oregon beam now coming out of Tulane I still have the same issue that I had after after week one and that's not a good feeling for Buckeye fans knowing that you're going in to a hostile environment Mm -hmm. against an explosive offense who seems to be finding their way here as the season rolls along listen I think that when you look at this Ohio State defense I don't think you're in full panic mode just yet Uh, I don't think the alarm bells are going off, but I think that we're inching closer and closer to that. Um, You know, it's the first four weeks of the season. I understand that you're trying to get things dialed in and dialed up and really try and figure out your rotations as you move forward. Uh, But this is the biggest game of the Big Ten schedule this season is looking straight down the pipe at you Right. right now. When you walk into that stadium, when you go to State College, when you go to Happy Valley, and you see nothing but white, and you know that those dudes for Penn State are going to be running out of there, they want revenge from last year, of course. One of the greatest comebacks in Ohio State history, something that is very unforgettable uh, when you go back to last year's game and think about just that matchup. So when you come into this game, you need everything to be locked in. So, you know, like I said, my worry level, if we're going from a 1 to 10 scale, Right now, I think I had a few weeks ago that it was at about a three. It's at about a six now because Uh, the opponents get ramped up, the schedule gets ramped up, the atmosphere is going to get ramped up this weekend. And I just think that, you know, with this being the first four games of the season, I have to defer to Greg Schiano being the defensive coordinator, being as good as as he is at his job that he gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to figure that out. So I am going to stand pat and say that the alarm bells aren't going off right now, but if you get out of this weekend and you allow Penn State to throw for 400 yards on you, over top of you, and that opens up a run game, then it's going to be an absolute mess. So I think you're getting close to panic level, Matty. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to have to defer to Greg Schiano right now uh, because he is he's proven over at his time here at Ohio State that 
he can make this a silver bullet defense. And as far as them being, you know, 50th in the country, right in the middle of the pack, as far as passing defense, you would like to see this defense with all these five-star recruits and everything and Taver Johnson at the helm move up into, you know, a top 25. You, know, you, don't, you don't need to be a top 10 passing defense. Not, Not with, with this, this offense, offense. No right. way. But if you get into the top 25 uh, later on this year, as far as passing defense is concerned, then I think you're legitimately a national title contender. And the only thing that I'm worried about with this team is the secondary. That's it. That's it. And here's Jeffrey. Uh, before Beam hits us with a message from FanDuel, here is Jeffrey Okuda, the young corner, talking about um, the Penn State vibe this week. We're excited for that challenge. I mean, going to TCU, we're excited for that challenge. Uh, that guy was kind of look, look like a benchmark to see where we're at. And uh, now we have a chance to follow it up against uh, – Penn State, which is a great offense, to see where we're at. And they're going to be jacked up for it. And look, they know. This unit, they know that they're the wink link. We're, yeah. not, we're not the only people that, that no, see what's going on. No. And you better be daggone sure that, you know, Greg Schiano, Altaver Johnson, Urban, these guys are going to be hammering home this week. We have got to tighten up or it's going to be a long day. Beam, hit the people with a message from FanDuel. You know, we've uh, been talking about FanDuel, Maddie. My lock this past week was Jordan Howard out in the desert. He did just fine. The Bears, like I said, got away with the win. Uh, wasn't the biggest day for Jordan Howard, but he did get a touchdown on the day, so that's good. But FanDuel is introducing a bunch of different kinds of game game styles this year and one of them is guru guru is a new tool that makes building smarter lineups simple for fans for all skill level so players can be confident that you're putting up the best team that you have on the field this is a responsive wizard-like draft experience that makes recommendations and provides tips as you draft based on who you are picking so my pick for this week maddie Mm. my guy who i'm going back with another running back Carlos Hyde, El Guapo, going up against the Oakland Raiders. Flex they are a mess right now, 0-3 to start the John Gruden era, and no pass rush is in Oakland at mm. all. So I'm going with Carlos Hyde. Make sure you go to FanDuel and check those guys out. Yeah, the pass rush is in Chicago. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, we only got a couple minutes here, but we got to get into the story that kind of came out after mm, the game yeah. um, that maybe Ryan Day is the coach in waiting here at Ohio State. And I thought this was really interesting because of what we heard from Urban in his first press conference uh, last Monday to where he was... Loves con- the university. Confess- Dedicated, yeah. All right, confessing yep. his sure. love. And I didn't get the vibe at all being that he is close to being done here. So that's why I thought that this was fairly interesting, that this story was leaked out. And then the first time that I heard this, I saw some stuff happening on Sirius College XM. Uh, I think Rick Neuheisel threw it out that he had caught wind of this as well, that this is happening. Didn't surprise me that much. My thing is just the timeline doesn't make much sense if Urban is going to hang on to this thing because if you're Ryan Day, and we knew that he was really coveted this offseason by you know the Titans, by some other you know smaller schools, obviously not on Ohio State's level, but it's going to be something to monitor because if you're Ryan Day, and you know that you can do this now um, because I heard Matt Millen say on the broadcast this week that when they talked to Ryan Day, the one thing that they took away from that meeting was his confidence coming mm-hmm. from across the table that yeah. I can be a head coach. I can do this. So that's not going to go. And sh- he's shown it. Right. And that's not going to go anywhere at the end of the year. It's just going to be really interesting to think of or you know maybe we'll get into the mind of Ryan Day throughout the season to see where he's at mentally and his confidence moving forward and does he want to coach here at Ohio State or does he want to go to another program and work his way up I mean I think it'd be a phenomenal thing from what we've seen here but with Urban here for a couple years I think he's going to be around for a whole nother 
probably two more years, Beam. So I can't imagine that this thing is going to happen anytime soon. I just thought it was an interesting story. You just have to look at, you know, what does Ryan Day ultimately want? Does he want to go? Uh, does he want to go the Tom Herman route? Do you want to go to a uh, American Conference team? Do you want to go uh, somewhere in like Conference USA? Because I'll tell you, or a lower team in a in a Power Five conference, this is going to be the way you start off. And when you look at Ryan Day, ultimately, it's just what do you want? Do you want to do that? Or would you like to stay here, ingrain yourself in this community, yeah. uh, ingrain yourself in Columbus, Ohio, commit to a team uh, and say, listen, you know, I'm happy with being a coordinator. I have I'm I'm learning from one of the best college football coaches Ever. of all time. Yep. I'm learning from Urban Meyer. And if I can be his heir apparent then that would be beautiful. But it's all up to Ryan Day at the at the end of the year, at the end of next year, whenever this is going to be, if he needs to make a decision, um, that what do you ultimately want to do? Do you want to go um do you want to go earn your chops, earn your stripes somewhere else? Or do you want to stay here and be an offensive coordinator and not sure. have the immediate pressure of being a head coach of a football team and learn how Urban Meyer, the inside of his brain, really works, and pick every part of that brain that you can. Yeah. Because when he's gone, then you can get your opportunity. So at the end of the day, Maddie, I do. I think it's you know it's so interesting because you know you hear all the time about coaches and waiting, but it, let's say you know Urban wins another national championship here in the next couple of years, and then uh, they just re-sign a new deal with him. I think he just re-signed another contract extension this past summer, right? Uh, and so. It really all just comes down to, you know, yeah, it's great. You could say that, yeah, Ryan Day is going to be our coach in waiting, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to be next year no. or in two years' time or in five years' time. I Listen, no one knows what's in the mind of Urban, and no one knows exactly when he's going to give this thing up. And when he does, he'll be thanked for his services and move on, and he'll be one of the greatest football coaches of all time at the college level. But I, I just I don't know today, sitting right here, if it's even possible to predict – when that sucker's going to happen. No, nobody knows. And yeah. like you said, it's all up to Ryan Day. And, and I think he would, you know, definitely be able to run a ship like Ohio State. I, I feel he's, pre- yeah, he's proven that Exactly. He can. I feel because it's more than just the three games. This right. is going back to yes. summer. This is fall camp. All of that. He handled that really, really well. And I think offensively, where he's at and the way he calls games is going to work well at the college game. But I think you nailed it, Beam, saying that it's going to be up to him. Does he want to wait around? But it's also kind of reminds me of the Oklahoma situation where you look at Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops. Sure. And that was something that we've been hearing for a couple of years now. So maybe he is willing to wait it out because let's it's face Ohio it, State. It's, it's Ohio a, it's State. It's a huge and job. And this job doesn't come open often. No. So if you know that you can ride this thing out from a couple of years, if he's kind of got a wink, wink thing going on with Urban Listen, Meyer. Man, the dude's making you know cr- crazy money. It's ridiculous. He, he lives, gets to live in Columbus, Ohio. Exactly. He can walk down the street. And not he's not he's not as noticeable as a person as Urban. If he's right. walking down, I'm sure that people would notice him. Yeah, Maddie. But Columbus would be a great place to live, man. He just made four hundred some thousand dollars for taking over for those three games. He's got <laughs> his salary. All right, this is a dude who can live very happy here in Columbus. And as long as you like the city and you see an opportunity to coach one of the most right. storied programs of all time, exactly. then you may be willing to ride it. And out. and I wouldn't. Re- I'm me personally. I'm not going to read too much beam into the. Um, Gene Smith kind of shooting this story down. He has to do that. You don't want this story developing in the middle of the season that you have Urban Meyer's replacement and waiting. One quick note before we get out of here for today, your Big Ten players of the week, Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins, Penn State running back Miles Saunders, who's a good player. We'll talk more about Penn State all week long, and Maryland linebacker Trey Watson. So that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow as we inch closer and closer to, I mean, this is a huge game. I mean, this is going to be possibly for who is going to have control in the Big Ten East. So Beam and I will break it all down for you. 
you. Follow us on Twitter at MattyIce971. Beam? At Brandon Beam971. You can catch me there tweeting about Tiger and the Bears. You've been listening to the Locked On Buckeyes. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam from 97.1 The Fan. We'll talk to you tomorrow.